0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the It's Time to Begin, Isn't It? edition, as the Bengals announce they are adding a long-awaited Ring of Honor to Paul Brown Stadium. Coming up, I'll talk to Elizabeth Blackburn, the Bengals Director of Strategy and Engagement, as she explains why the Bengals are moving forward with a Ring of Honor, how many players will make up the initial class and how they are being chosen, and if that picture of a snow-covered stadium back in February that included a hint of today's news was a clever tease or an honest mistake. Then, I'll talk to the greatest player in franchise history, Anthony Munoz, about Bengals legends being honored this year and for years to come, and I'll sneak in a few questions about the draft as well. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since the book, Gods at Play. That book, written by Tom Callahan, a columnist for the Cincinnati Inquirer back in the 1970s, includes some great material about Paul Brown and the Bengals, including this nugget. Once at training camp in Wilmington, Callahan and Brown were having lunch, and the writer said, "I'm looking for a column, Paul. Do you have any ideas?" Paul Brown gave him this, quote, "I'd take a closer look at this new 6-foot-2 fellow, Ken Anderson. I'd be especially interested in how much taller than 6-2 he appears to stand in the pocket and how the veteran players on offense respond to him. I'd forget that he's just a third-round draft choice." I'd ignore the fact that he went to a nothing school. I'd trust my eyes. That's what I'd do if I were a newspaper columnist today. Pretty cool stuff, right? Again, the title of the book is Gods at Play, and the author is Tom Callahan. Speaking of Paul Brown, the Bengals announced this morning that the legendary coach and Anthony Munoz are the first two members of their new ring of honor. Two more will be added to this year's initial class in an upcoming vote by season ticket members. I spoke to the Bengals Director of Strategy and Engagement, Elizabeth Blackburn, about today's announcement. Today, the Bengals are announcing the addition of a Ring of Honor at Paul Brown Stadium beginning this year. What led to that decision?
1: Probably started with the fact that we have a very strong desire from our amazing fans and season ticket holders to have a ring of honor and the Cincinnati Bengals have such a rich history and our fans in the community want to celebrate that a a piece that was always holding us back was it's just a name on a wall and for these legends in Bengals history it didn't feel like it was enough and so over the last you know, 12 to 14 months, the company has shifted our approach to content. And we have added a lot of capability in video and photo content. And that and the digital channels that exist today with our app, our website, social media, combined with our ability to create great content gave us an additional piece that we could pair with a physical ring of honor that finally felt, made it feel like it was enough. We were doing justice to these amazing legends in Bengals history, like Anthony Munoz, like Paul Brown, to really tell their stories, in addition to showing their name or name and number on the facade in the stadium.
0: How many people will make up the initial class and how will they be chosen?
1: The initial class will have four inductees. We're calling them our first four. Two of them, Paul Brown and Anthony Munoz, were are automatically inducted as our Pro Football Hall of Fame representatives of the club. And we will fill out the second half of the inaugural class through a season ticket member vote. And that, that component is really important because We know how much the season ticket members have wanted this. This makes them part of the process. So we're really excited about the ability to engage our season ticket members to help us induct or vote for the second half, those next two inductees for our full inaugural class of four.
0: How did you settle on four for year one and what will be the procedure for adding to the Ring of Honor in future years?
1: our goal with the ring of honor is to build it in a sustainable way and we want this ring of honor to remain prestigious and engaging for a long long time to come so we went through many debates so and there's definitely no perfect answer i'm sure many people want there to be more and there might be some people who want it to be even more exclusive and we just felt like four for the first year, it just struck that balance. And we do plan to continue to add in future years. Um, And we hope that those votes, it will be a voting component in future years as well. We hope that the future years still carry weight and excitement and prestige like this initial year so that the Ring of Honor lasts in a significant way for a long time to come.
0: We're talking to Elizabeth Blackburn, the Bengals Director of Strategy and Engagement. Will the initial class be honored at one game this year? Or will you spread it out throughout the course of the year?
1: We are going to honor the entire inaugural class together at one game. We want that one game to be really special and we're working through a neat and significant way to unveil the ring altogether. We haven't picked what that date or game is yet. We still are waiting to hear what the 2021 schedule will be, but we will select a designated or dedicated Ring of Honor game and we will honor all four inductees. We plan to do a halftime ceremony, obviously COVID protocols contingent, but we're very optimistic about what the stadium environment is going to be like this year. We think it's going to be a really special year when celebrating your past and looking ahead at a bright future converge with this landscape of bringing communities back together again. So we're excited for that Ring of Honor game and we're excited to announce it when we know when it will be.
0: On a snowy day back in February, the social media team tweeted out a picture of the stadium covered in snow, a lovely photograph, and eagle-eyed fans zoomed in and noticed the names of some of the all-time legends displayed around the stadium in different colors and different letter fonts. Was that a clever Easter egg for Bengals fans or an honest mistake?
1: Dan, I am never going to tell you the answer to that question, (laughs) although I probably should anticipate getting it a lot. But all I will say is seeing the fans' reaction to finding that and then it made the local news, and the buzz that it created was really excited and makes me very you know, excited to formally unveil it and, and get the reaction because there, there's pent-up demand, if you will, and it was really exciting to see that from the fans.
0: In years to come, could there be statues outside of Paul Brown Stadium, a team hall of fame, any other ways to honor all-time Bengals legends?
1: I will give you my personal answer on this but which is i've said it to our team a lot i think everything is on the table right now and how we celebrate and honor our past and build out new traditions to do that is a work in progress and i couldn't tell you right now what it's going to look like but i do know that I personally and our my family and the organization, I love tradition. And so finding more traditions is a really important thing.
0: Final question for Elizabeth Blackburn, the Bengals Director of Strategy and Engagement. I've talked to your grandfather, Mike, about this in the past, and his position was always football is the ultimate team sport. It's hard to honor the quarterback or the wide receiver without also honoring all of the guys that make their success possible. Did you help change his mind?
1: So when we brought down Anthony Munoz for an interview after we told him that he was going to be one of the two initial inductees, during Anthony's interview, he started talking about the Ring of Honor as a team. And the way I like to think of the Ring of Honor, while it is celebrating individuals for their achievements mm-hmm. and contributions on the field and in the community, is that I hope that the Bengals Ring of Honor becomes a new form of a team, and I hope that the the individuals inducted, I hope that the season ticket members who get to vote, I hope that everyone who gets to play a part of it feels like they are a part of this team. And I think for the actual inductees, as we over time add more and more, it will be exciting to see the Ring of Honor turn into this all-time Bengals team and connect players and coaches and individuals across different eras of the team into one team.
0: I know this is going to create a lot of excitement among Bengals fans and former players, and I appreciate you sharing some of the information that uh, went into this decision. Thank you, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you, Dan.
0: It will be interesting to see who will be added to this year's initial class. Ken Anderson, Ken Riley, Tim Crumry, Boomer Esiason, Chad Johnson, Willie Anderson, David Fulcher, and others are all worthy candidates for the voters but no vote was needed for the first player added to the Bengals ring of honor. He is widely considered to be the greatest offensive lineman to ever play the game hall of famer, Anthony Munoz, Anthony, how did you get the news and what was your immediate reaction?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because um, first of all, and I got to share this this is our 20th anniversary for our foundation. So I had contacted the Bengals about doing something for us for the foundation, you know, making a commitment over the phone with Troy, and he got back to the family. And he said, uh, let me let me talk to them, and I'll call you. Well, he called me, he says, Can you come in a day next week? And this was a couple of weeks ago. I said, Yeah, I can come in and talk about it. So I went to the Bengal's office expecting maybe to meet with him and Katie about, you know, hey, what are you guys gonna be able to do for the foundation? And all of a sudden I walk in, Mike's in there, Katie's in there, Troy's in there, Elizabeth's in there. PB was out getting rehab on his hip that he's messed up. So the whole family was in there and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so we sat down and then Mike started out by, by sharing with me that, you know, they were going to do a ring of honor and the two initial uh, inductees were going to be, you know, Paul Brown and myself. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I, I got the word in front of the whole family. And the fact that the original two or the inaugural two are going to be Paul Brown who started the foundation and myself. It's humbling, it's exciting. And then we just sat around and shared stories. I mean, and it was fun because, you know, Troy and, and Katie are a little older, but Elizabeth, I think she might've been born the year I retired or a year after I retired. But we sat there and just shared stories and she was kind of in, on the corner over there just smiling. And, and, she, and she sent me an email afterwards. She goes, that's exactly what this is all about. You know, I shared a story about, you know, Paul Brown and how much he meant. And, you know, that Mike was talking about they're they're watching the Rose Bowl on January 1st in 1980. You know, him with his brother, Pete and Paul and how they just, you know, he shared that whole story about how that went down. And so, you know, it was pretty exciting just not only getting that, but being able to, to just connect and share some stories, some memories, some history that, uh, you know, has happened over the years.
0: That's really interesting. It's no secret that Mike has been reluctant to do this, thinking that football is the ultimate team game and it's hard to honor a quarterback or running back without honoring everybody that made their success possible. Could you sense in that conversation that now that this decision has been made, he's excited about it?
2: I think so. And, you know, I think the one thing, you know, about Mike, at least when I'm around him most, is usually at camp. You know, he's kind of sitting in the cart and he's always cordial and we always talk about football and, and he loves the guys that come by practicing. So I think that's always been there with him. Maybe the reluctancy of making doing a ring of honor. But I think he's always appreciated all the guys. So I think deep down inside, I think there's a lot of excitement for this. And uh, and for me, just the opportunity to celebrate. And, you know, because, you, you know, the history the number of guys that have gone and played in, you know, with this franchise. I mean, before I was here during my years and then after it's just phenomenal. The the great players that we've had in this organization. Now we get to celebrate and recognize the guys.
0: We are talking to hall of famer, Anthony Munoz, a initial member of the Bengals first ring of honor class in February pictures leaked that made it pretty clear that the Bengals were at least strongly considering a ring of honor. It got the fans talking. What about former players?
2: Well, it's funny because when that came out, I think I had like a handful of texts come. Okay, what do you know? I said, What do I know about what? And they're like, Just <laughs> ring of honor. I'm like, Wait, what are you talking about? Because I had no clue. I hadn't seen the pictures until a couple of my staff here sent them to me. Some close friends, uh, you know. So, yeah, I didn't know anything about it, and uh, I really hadn't talked to any of the guys about it. Because, of course. You know, February is still cold. We're not on the golf course as much as we are now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think I maybe had played with Jim Breach. Uh, you know, we'll play when it's 40 degrees. So, you know, I think the weather was good enough then when we were playing a little bit. But we just kind of said, wouldn't that be cool if that's really going to happen? So I think there was, you know, at least I haven't talked to any the guy. I think there's a lot of excitement now that this is going to happen.
0: What do you think it'll mean to former players, including guys that aren't likely to get in, but played with guys that will get in
2: well again excitement and just the memory of of being teammates you know sure you're only going to have you know a certain number of guys to be there but from what i understand it's going to be a celebration for all guys which i think is cool not just the guys going in the ring of honor but like you just the teammates and i think you know i think that's going to be exciting to be part of that celebration you know because quite frankly I'm going in. Maybe the guy that played next to me is not going in, but he is very important in me getting involved, you know, getting inducted in this ring of honor because, you know, he was a very important part of my career and all the other guys I played with. So uh, I really believe it's going to be exciting for guys going in and guys that might not go in.
0: We're visiting with Anthony Munoz back in 2017 when the Bengals celebrated their 50th season, most of the franchise's all-time greats made it back to Cincinnati to be honored. Did that feel like a turning point in any way in the relationship between the former guys and the organization?
2: I think so. I think that was huge. And, again, you know, we had those Saturday night dinners where, you know, guys were telling stories. And, of course, the stories get a lot better than when they actually happened. (laughs) Uh, But I think it was. I think the guys really appreciated that, really felt comfortable. And like you said, everybody made it back. And there was, you know, we had those Saturday night dinners and and they were packed. I mean, there was all kinds of guys. And to hear, you know, for me, to meet guys like Tommy Tommy Casanova that I'd never met or guys that played, I'd I'd seen Mike Reed before, but I hadn't officially met Mike Reed. You know, those are the guys that really laid the foundation for guys like me that, you know, came in the 80s. So, uh, you know, I, I think that was really kind of that turning point of, you know, guys saying, Hey man, you know, they did this. Hopefully things happen, you know, more often in the future and it it looks like it's going to be that way.
0: You have obviously received the ultimate NFL honor in being inducted into the pro football hall of fame. And a couple of years ago, you were named to the NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team, but does this honor feel a little bit different because it is the team you played for?
2: It certainly does. I mean, this, I played my entire career here, Uh, This is my home. You know, we've been here 41 years now. I mean, it's like, you know, when I go back to Southern California, it still feels like this is where I'm from. But we come back here and this is home. You know, our kids and grandkids and longtime friends are here. So it is special because, uh, you know, first of all, the gratefulness that I have, I shared earlier when uh, Mike Brown was talking about him and Paul, his dad and Pete sitting around watching that 80 Rose Bowl I had no clue if I'd even be drafted or get a chance to go to an NFL camp. And the fact that the you know, Brown family, and the Bengals took a shot, they drafted me and gave me a chance. I mean, that's why it's even more special that we live in Cincinnati. I got to play all 13 years with the Bengals. And when, from what I understand, more than half the teams had failed me, said, no way we want to touch this guy, damn goods, And not only did the Bengals draft me, but with the third pick in the entire draft, it is very, very special that now, you know, this is happening. You know, we live here, the team I played my whole career for, and it is very, very special.
0: All right. This conversation is largely about the ring of honor, but the draft is three weeks away. And uh, I think people would scream at me if I didn't ask you a few (laughs) questions about that. What do you think of Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, if you've studied either of these guys and the possibility of taking an offensive lineman fifth overall?
2: Well, you know, I'm excited for the possibility of taking an o lineman with that fifth pick I know we signed Riley Reef and he's he's an excellent lineman that to me that's a piece of a puzzle that they can continue to put together and uh, uh, Slater I'm not that familiar with I've watched panay quite a bit uh, of course you know him being a pac 12 guy and you know them beating up on my Trojans uh, as much as they did so I would not be disappointed at all if uh, uh, Sewell Panay uh, ended up uh, wearing the stripes going from that crazy green and yellow or whatever they were up there. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I would be excited to, if, uh, you know, I'm in my mind, I'm already thinking of different combinations along that offensive line. If you get a guy like Panay, you know, and you have Jonah coming back and healthy and he's got that experience. And now you got Riley Reed, then you got the other guys that are still there, you know, see and the guys like that, uh, Hopkins coming back from the injury. So, uh, yeah, I would be, I'd be thrilled if they, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, this pretty good wide receiver, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, come on! I think we have enough weapons. Let's get Joe Burrow protected. Give him an opportunity not to worry about getting a hit, and let him utilize you know T. Higgins and all the other guys that he has. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens uh, come draft day.
0: From what you've seen of Panay Sewell, what stands out?
2: Just a big kid, big kid who is flexible, and you know he can get out in space and move extremely well. I mean that to me. That's the thing that impresses me. I, you know, strength and arm length, and that's that's all good. But if you can get out there, I, I, th- I think he's bigger than I thought he was. I, I don't know. I think he was three, I'm not sure exact weight, but I thought he was about 315, 320. He might be a little bigger than that.
0: I think it's closer to 330.
2: Yeah. That so kind of he,
0: flexibility and movement.
2: Exactly. And that's what impresses me about a big guy playing left tackle is that, you know, their ability to move out in space. And I've seen that with him. And, uh, and he's a competitor. I mean, he is a competitor. He gets after you. And from what I understand, never met the kid, a uh, young man. Uh, he's supposed to be just a, a phenomenal young man, a, a man of character and you know great work ethic. So, uh, you know, again, I'm going by what I've heard and what I've read, but I'm going a lot by what I've seen when I watch him on television during the game.
0: It sounds like if he's the pick that he would probably begin his career with a year at guard since Riley reef was signed for a year to play right tackle in all likelihood, would that be difficult in your opinion?
2: I don't think so. You know, I think, um, I think that would be good. I think that would be good. And I think uh, with someone with that uh, athleticism and that ability, uh, I would imagine it it shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, But, you know, just thinking of that, that combination, I mean, do you, you know, play him next to Jonah? Do you move him, you know, Jonah inside him? I, I mean, you can kind of mess with that and then check that out, you know, because now you got that right tackle that is, he's, um, I mean, you know what you've gotten with him. He's been very, very successful and he's, he's pretty good. So, in Riley Reef. so, uh, but no, I don't think it would, it shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, and I'm, I'm going by experience. Uh, I don't know if you remember if you're, my last year here, I played one game at left guard and uh, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed it immensely.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that you played a game at left guard.
2: Well, I think we had uh, some guys hurt and I said, you know what? I'll play left guard. I, you know, and, and to have a guy on each side, every single play was a nice feeling. <laughs> it was uh, you know, plus the, you know, the guy is closer to you. You do have to, you know, make sure that you're a, a little quicker setting and stuff. But uh, I think with someone like Panay, who's, you know, has that athleticism and, and it appears that he has that quick twitch and stuff, I think uh, he, he could be able to handle that.
0: One more offensive line question. How significant is the return of Frank Pollock, in your opinion?
2: Well, you know, I, I'm not one to, you know, once the staff's in place, I you know, I encourage them, I, I support them. But when I saw that Frank Pollock was coming back, uh, I was pretty excited. Uh, I saw what he did uh, three years ago when he was here. Uh, a technician uh, not afraid to get in your face I think uh, that line might have been as physical in the last probably five six seven years as I've seen here and if I'm not mistaken I think Joe Mixon might have had his best year that year rushing the football uh, I'm just saying you know But uh, <laughs> no, so I, I think that's uh, I'm excited about Frank coming back and uh, the fact that uh, you know he does have some really good technique I watched him uh, what he's teaching and then he is a coach that wants you to be physical and uh, you know all but the size between him and Jim, Jim McNally I think there's some similarities there uh, you know Jimmy was a guy that was a great technical coach but uh, he he wanted you to be physical the entire play and that's the way he taught us so uh, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to see what uh, you know Jonah and, and the guys do under Frank's uh, tutelage yeah.
0: And I am looking forward to going to games at Paul Brown Stadium and looking up and seeing the name Munoz and the number 78 displayed for all time. Congratulations on this well-deserved honor of being an initial member of the Ring of Honor.
2: Well, Dan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, Not only am I excited to see that up there, but I'm excited to, to go to the games this year, which I did not attend one game last year, and to see fans. A lot of fans in the stands. That's what I'm excited. And then to kind of occasionally look up and see that uh, Moon <laughs> 78 up there.
0: <laughs> Amen to that. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh,
2: thanks, Dan. Always a pleasure.
0: My thanks to Anthony and Elizabeth. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Bengals Booth Podcast brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer. Refresh the game. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.